Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Heart of, the Heart of Flesh podcast. Uh, we're glad that you guys are joining us today. Um, we're really excited about this episode. So for the first time, uh, we are making an attempt at uh, recording this and, and hoping later to upload it to YouTube. So uh, if you're normally a listener on the podcast, you can feel free to check us out at Heart of Flesh podcast on YouTube. Um, hopefully we're going to get that out soon. So this is a bit of a, uh, <laughs> well, it's our first time, so maybe a bit of a trial run, but we're pretty excited about it. Again, you'll be able to see it, if it if it actually gets uploaded and works. We're in the kids' classroom again. There's goldfish <laughs> yeah. in the background. I have an iPhone 8 uh, with the cracked screen, so we'll see how the, the yeah. <laughs> We're hoping everything's going to turn out well, but anyway. It's fun. Yeah, we're back for another uh, episode in our series on spiritual disciplines. And I'm going to start us off just by reading a scripture that I think is going to help get at the heart of what we want to do here. So I'm going to read from Matthew 11. And it's going to be verse 28 through 30. Uh, so it is Jesus speaking. And he says this, uh, a wonderful invitation. He says, verse 28, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So as we're doing this podcast uh, series on spiritual disciplines, one of the things that we're really trying to highlight uh, is that these are not, you know, they're not religious duties that we're doing just for the sake of, of earning God's favor or something like that. But we are, are doing this with the hope of resting in Christ, of, of seeing Christ more clearly, of treasuring Christ more greatly in our lives um, and, and living in such a way that glorifies Christ. So with that, I just want to give a quick definition, again, kind of to recap what what we went over from our last one. The, the, the definition that we took was from a guy named Don Whitney, wrote a book on spiritual disciplines. Uh, but he says that the spiritual disciplines are those practices found in Scripture that promote spiritual growth among believers in the gospel of Jesus Christ. They are habits of devotion, habits of experiential Christianity that have been practiced by God's people since biblical times. So with that, you know, when we've done this podcast, again, just to reiterate this pro this point, we've been very theological, um, but we also recognize that part of being a, a wholesome Christian isn't just theological things, um, but also we want to be practical. Yep. Uh, we want to help give, give practical ways that we can live for Christ each day. And we believe that the spiritual disciplines are, are essential to that reality. Necessary. So, yeah, we want to <laughs> have, have right doctrine. Uh, we want to believe the right things. But we want to be walking with Christ each day. Yep. Okay. Just, just to reiterate from last episode, it's for the sake and the purpose of relationship. And we looked at marriage and how that's a good analogy for us. But we're doing these things to commune with the Creator uh, to mm -hmm. commune with our Father in heaven uh, and to be with Him and to grow our relationship with Him. And that's what happens when we go into the Bible, when we go to prayer, fellowship, um, all these things that we're going to outline as we go into it. Uh, but today we're going to look at kind of the challenges uh, and distractions uh, that hinder our spiritual life. And uh, the big question we want to answer is why are spiritual disciplines so hard for us? Yep. So what we're going to do is we're just going to look at Jackson and I's life and to pretty much <laughs> tell you guys about that. And hopefully you can uh, glean some that fr from um, some stuff from that and some conviction and 
uh, we can grow together. Yeah. Yeah. We want to be clear too. you know, this is not something that we've perfected. Um, it is something that we're trying to grow in. Yeah. It is something that we're, we're seeking to do better at. And as, as such, uh, it's something that, that we think, um, we, we can, as we have this conversation, it can be helpful for us yep. and for people listening, if that makes sense. Hopefully. Yep. Yep. So that's <laughs> our big question. Why are the spiritual disciplines so hard? Why are they such a challenge? Uh, the first and biggest one, James, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you take that one away. Yeah. So the first one we're just going to outline, it, it's easy to, uh, look at our lack of spiritual disciplines or our inability to be consistent. Oh man, we have so much distractions. There's all this stuff outside of us that's happening. That's causing me not, um, to be disciplined in this and to seek these things out. And I have a kind of a cool story about this. And literally I was the one saying these things. So I shared last podcast about, uh, my friend Marino from Madagascar. He's on staff with uh, fellowship of Christian athletes, the organization, uh, that I work for. And he came to the States uh, a couple weeks ago and we were just sitting in our conference room for FCA, uh, just picking his brain apart, talking about ministry. He was showing us videos and stuff and talking about how, him and his disciples every Friday spend like eight hours in prayer. And my first response is like, oh, we don't have, we have too many distractions here to be able to do that such and such. And so I'm saying, yeah, in America, it's hard, man. We got these cell phones. Uh, we got sports. We got all these distractions outside of us that are hindering us from, from doing things like that. And he goes, no, 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 my friend, my friend, the distractions aren't out here. They're in here. <laughs> and so that leads us to this first point is it's easy to look outside of us and say, that's what's making us not be disciplined in this, but really it's our hearts mm-hmm. and it's our flesh that hinders our ability to be consistent and to seek the Lord daily. Um, yeah, that's it, a, that's a good point, James. I know. So the, the biggest, <laughs> the biggest challenge for us, the biggest <laughs> obstacle, so to speak <clears throat> And we really want to hit this. It is not something that's outside of us. Yeah. It is not that we're too busy. It's not that we're too distracted. Uh, the, the first and biggest problem is in our own hearts. Uh, and that can either well, be... Well, it, it is that we are too busy and too distracted, but the root of that problem is our hearts. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's because we are prioritizing things uh, just just practically. Maybe we don't believe so, but when we fail to do spiritual disciplines properly, when we fail... In some of those ways, it is it's telling us something about the condition of our heart, yeah. which is that we are valuing and prioritizing something else above Christ. Yeah, that's the root of the issue. <coughs> the reason that we don't do the spiritual disciplines as well as we should is because in our hearts we don't want to. Yeah, we don't want to. I can't I can't think of how many times I've talked to somebody and they've said to me. I really want to read my Bible more, and, but but then they just they 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 don't, mm-hmm. and I think about <coughs> that, and and I, you know, and when I think about just human behavior and how we act, the reason that we do things is because we want to do them. Yeah, it, it really is. Now we may say so often that uh, there are so many things we want to do that we don't do, but we do things generally because we want to do them. Mm-hmm. So if someone wants, genuinely has a real desire in their heart to read the scriptures, they are going to do that. No matter what uh, their schedule is like, no matter how busy they are, they are going to make time to do that. Because when we, 
when we have something that we really desire, <coughs> we are going to do it. Yeah. Uh, the problem is that we are desiring other things more, yeah. if that makes sense. So it's it's a problem of our hearts. It really is. And I think I think with that, too, there can be uh, another problem there is just unbelief. Yeah. Like we just don't sometimes, you know, if if someone asks us, we give the church answer that like, yes, of course, I believe <coughs> that these things work. I believe that God can meet us in these ways that he can do great things. Uh, but so often in our day to day lives, when we're struggling with anxiety, we're worried about something. Our first instinct is not to spend time in prayer. Yeah. It's not to read our Bibles and to remember what's true and right and good, uh, but it's to do something else. It's to distract ourselves on our phone or social media or uh, to distract ourselves with TV or something else. Uh, discouraging. This, yeah, this yeah. And this is, so again, <laughs> Matthew twenty six forty one. 41, uh, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yeah. And that's reality. As, as born again Christians, we still are battling our flesh, which wants to oftentimes run away from God um, and not to seek him. And so we need to evaluate our hearts. And I think as we go through this episode and look at different uh, distractions and hindrances from our our walk with Christ and building our relationship with him, uh, we'll be able to see as we look at our schedules, um, our phone use and stuff, um, to see what's really at the core of our hearts and that problem. Cause we need to root that up, yeah. um, first. And that's how we're going to. Yeah, yeah. So here's, here's maybe a, some good, some good practical questions, uh, to think about when it comes to spiritual <coughs> disciplines and to think about. So if it's really true that we do what we desire uh, we do what we love to do. Yeah. That that means that when we sin and, and and are not practicing spiritual disciplines, it's because we love them. It's because we love our sin. It's because we love other things more, if that makes sense. So maybe some good practical questions would be this. What do you spend most of your time thinking about? What what consumes your thoughts? Uh, really, really think about that. What what consumes your thoughts? What makes you excited? Uh, what arouses your desires? What do you think about? Another question is, what do you spend your time doing? What do you spend your time doing? And a third one, what do you spend your money on as well? Th- those are good questions that I think, when, when we think about those things deeply, mm-hmm. they help us to see what we value, what we treasure in our hearts. Because everything we do is coming from what we believe, what we love, what we cherish, what we desire. So your life is an outworking of an inward reality in you. Yeah. And some good questions to ask yourself is to see uh, if you are treasuring, valuing the wrong things. Uh, if you have idols in your lives, if you're putting things in the place of God, what do you think about? What do you spend your time on? What do you spend your money on? Are you thinking about and getting excited about or worrying about something more than Christ? So that's just, I, I so hope So let's take a glimpse practical uh, question. for the sake of the listeners to get some practical examples. Yeah. Let's take a look at our own hearts and, and ask that question. So I'll ask you, Jackson, uh, outside of Christ, where are some places that you look for joy and fulfillment um, mm-hmm. that maybe are distracting your relationship with Christ? We did not, I did not tell him I was going to ask him that. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I, I can, I can think of a number of ways. Um, and we're going to talk about this more, but, but often like 
just the ease and comfort of uh, spending time watching TV, yeah. spending time <coughs> on my phone, uh, which, which again, like we don't want to say those things are necessarily bad in themselves, yeah. but we want to be careful that we're not overdoing that or we're not looking for too much in those things. Um, yeah, I, I would say those are a couple really big examples. Yeah. What about you, James? So where do I look for joy and fulfillment outside of Christ? Yep. Yeah, I mean, over the last year or so, something that has really, uh, the Spirit's been exposing in my heart is my desire for comfort. Mm-hmm. I look for joy and fulfillment and rest in things that are comfortable and just comfort in general. And I think, I mean, it's a product of my heart, but also our culture is not helping. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just like we do everything for the sake of ease. We buy this because it's going to make it more convenient. We don't buy this because it's not as convenient. Uh, we're going to go do this because it's uh, easier for us today versus this. Uh, I'm going to do this versus that and, and on and on and on. Uh, but the lens in which I'm doing things um, scheduling, purchasing things is oftentimes through the lens of comfort. Yeah. So I would say that that's a big one for me. Yeah. I, I even just think about that with like, Pray for me with, <laughs> yeah, with human relationships, like how often <clears throat> are we unwilling to have difficult, but necessary conversations just because we, we hate awkwardness and we love ease and comfort. Yeah. It's just, it's just easier to not have difficult conversations. Yeah. And a, the relationship is going to take work. And we know that with every human relationship and we need to apply that and remember that in order to have a joyful, fulfilling um, relationship with our savior, we need to spend time with him and work heartily at it. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to just one, one last thing uh, before we move on. And this is really, this is just going to be really important. But um, when we think about this and when we hold up, this mirror and we, when we want to take a look at our hearts and we see that there's sin there, we see that there's problems there. We see that we're treasuring and valuing things above Christ. We, we try to answer these questions and we like, like it can be very discouraging for us, mm-hmm. but I want to give us some encouragement before we do this. Come on now. Um, even just the name of this podcast, heart of flesh podcast, it comes from a passage in Ezekiel 36 and the, the, the promise that's in that passage is that God is going to remove, for, for his people, he's going to remove their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. So when we look and we see that our hearts are treasuring the wrong things, uh, that they're valuing the, the wrong things, that they have sinful desires in them, mm-hmm. the hope for us and the promise for us is that God changes hearts and he gives new hearts. Mm-hmm. So I just, I, I don't, we don't want to give you guys the message that, you know, we don't want to just hold up and, and show you like, these are the ways that we're falling short. Now you just need to try harder and do better. Yeah. Basically, we don't <coughs> want to do that. Uh, that is not the, the message of, of Christ. But as we read in that scripture earlier, we can, we can really come to him uh-huh. and we can find rest. Amen. We, we don't we don't work hard <coughs> to get our way to Christ. We come to him and then we rest in him. Yeah. And like the solution to this problem is not just for us to muster up the ability to do better, but
but it's actually for us to look to God and depend on his grace and ask him mm. to change our hearts. If that makes sense. Oh yeah. That's now so it, ta- it, it, it takes diligence and effort for us. Like yeah. we really need, do need to do these things, but at the heart of this problem, at the heart of our problem is that we need a new heart. Mm. We, we need to be, we need to have our desires changed. Uh, we need God to do a special work of grace in our lives to get us from loving the wrong things, from putting things in his place uh-huh. where only he can be. And we need to go from that. We need to have a heart that seeks first the kingdom of God yeah. and then looks for everything else to be added after that. Mm. And for us to have that, for us to really have that, that is a work of God's grace that he needs to do in us. Yeah. So all of that, all of that to say, you know, if this is, if, if, if you ask, look at those questions and ask yourself these things, if you become discouraged, that is, that is a good thing. Um, it's discouraging for us, but we really can, like, I hope, I hope the outworking of that is not just to try harder and do better, but actually to get on your knees and ask, ask God to give you a new heart and to change these things and to help you in these ways. James, you're going to, yeah, yeah, we talked about it before in, in earlier podcasts, we apply the gospel to our justification and recognize that it's a sole work of God's grace t- to save us. But oftentimes we, we forget about the gospel and how it applies to our sanctification. And that's just what Jackson's outlining. The good news of the gospel in our sanctification is that the work is done and God is still working in us to make us more like Christ. And it's not dependent on just pulling up our, our bootstraps. I think we said sola bootstrapa. That's yeah. the sixth sola in America, at least. It, it's not that. Uh, it's to remember the redemption that we have in Christ, that our sins have been blotted out, removed as far as the east is from the west. We've been given a new heart, a new nature. We're new creations. And God no longer sees our dysfunctional, broken, sinful hearts and lives. He sees the perfect righteousness of his son, Jesus. And sees us like that. And that's our new identity. And then out of that new identity, we seek the Father in these spiritual disciplines. And we seek him because he first loved us. And yep. we have redemption in Christ. Yep. And we need a reminder. We, we need to remind ourselves yep. of that daily as we um, get discouraged. Uh, as we break God's law. As we sin against our Father. Um, confessing our sins. I know I'm stealing this from Devin. But confessing our sins to him. This is a CAR acronym. C-A-R. Um, in these moments, confess our sins to God. But we don't want to just leave it at there. We want to, A, affirm who we are in Christ and that we are redeemed, washed white as snow, that we are in the Father's hand. No one can snatch us out. And then the R, we need to request God's grace to, to uh, help, yeah, for the strength us, yeah. to help us request help God's us, grace yeah. to help us. Okay, that yeah. was kind of a tangent, but we needed... The, yeah, good. a necessary one. Whenever, whenever it, like... We can so often tend to think that the gospel is is just about <coughs> conversion, but it's actually about sanctification as well. We're yeah. we're resting in Christ. It is it is God's grace not only that saves us, but that is able to sustain us mm-hmm. all the way through the Christian life and all the way uh, till the day of Christ. Yeah. So that's that's the first and biggest problem. Our hearts and our flesh get in the way. They love sin. They love the world. Uh, but Jesus never loved sin. He never sinned. He never loved the world. He always loved the Father perfectly. He has come to live a perfect life on our behalf and to save us and to give us new hearts and to change our desires. So that's the hope. That's Amen. the good news for us. That plays even into our <coughs> spiritual disciplines as well. Yep. So now secondly, 
Uh, so the big, the first problem is always, is always our hearts. Mm-hmm. Now beyond this, uh, so just some, some more practical ways. The other one that we have is distractions. We are so distracted in our lives. We get, we get so caught up in other things that we can forget uh, or, or just not be disciplined to do these spiritual disciplines. Um, so I'm going to start with just a quote. It's a quote from a book we read by, by Tony Rinke. Uh, it's a book called 12 Ways Your Phone Is Changing You. It's an excellent book. Must if you, read. Yeah. It, it's you, if you, a lot of our ideas were getting from that book. It was really, really helpful. Yeah. Um, but one of, one of the, the quotes that he had in that book, uh, is he said this, quote, The human appetite for distraction is high in every age because distractions give us easy escape from the silence and solitude whereby we become acquainted with our finitude, our inescapable mortality, and the distance of God from all our desires, hopes, and pleasures. Distraction becomes a way that our, our sinful hearts look to to avoid the deep realizations that we are mortal, uh, that our hearts are far from God, mm. that they're searching <coughs> for, that they have wrong desires, they're searching for wrong things, they have hope in the wrong places, uh, and that, that 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 weighs on us. But but we can look to distractions <coughs> as a way of avoiding confronting that reality. Yeah, if that makes sense. <coughs> yeah, another quote from the book, Tony. Uh, how do you say Ranky? I don't know, Rinky, Ranky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he won't watch us, so we, we yeah, don't you can go ahead. <laughs> He said, God feels distant because we are distracted. Um, I think oftentimes it's like we say, oh, God, God feels so far away. And there's certainly times in my life when, when I've thought that. Uh, but it's really that I am far away and I'm distracted by the menial things of life. And that's the reality is we're just idolaters. <laughs> yeah, we definitely are. Our hearts are idol factories and we look for other things to satisfy us like golden calves and like our phones and TV yeah. um, to satisfy our souls rather than Christ. And we know, we know that life is found in Christ and he has the words of eternal life and it's not found in an abundance of possessions. Yeah. But we're wayward people. Yep. So <laughs> a couple examples. Um, one of the biggest ways that we distract ourselves especially in America, especially in this day and age, is by busyness. Mm-hmm. We pack our schedules with so <coughs> many things, and so often we basically equate busyness uh, with success. Or, or it, you know, if you're busy, then you're, you're doing the right things. It's almost like the opposite of, of laziness. And I want to just be clear, like there, there is a right amount of busyness that we have. Mm-hmm. God, God has made work to be a <coughs> good thing. Uh, we should be have some level of busyness in our lives but what we can tend to do is we can tend to make ourselves so busy we can tend to invest ourselves so much in uh careers or sports or or other things that are are worldly they're not bad in themselves but they they don't have necessarily an eternal value in them we can invest ourselves so much in these things that we can miss or minimize Mm -hmm. Uh, our relationship with Christ in each day. James, you had a quote that um, that you wanted to share. I think talking about the Corey Ten Boom one. Yeah, yeah. This is so Corey Ten Boom. 
Uh, I'm try- I'm forgetting exactly. She was remind me who she was. Uh, she was a uh, survivor of the Holocaust. Who was yeah. a, a Christian. Yeah, and she's written a couple books. I think there's a documentary out there mm-hmm. on Amazon Prime. Really awesome. Just believer and Christian lady in that time period. But mm-hmm. she says, if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Yep. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's very true. Uh, and I like what you said earlier, Jackson, about how we we equate busyness with productivity and success and status and importance. Um, and one thing that I read recently and like now I've been noticing it all the time is when someone asks you like, Oh, how are you doing? And you're like, Oh, I'm good. Just busy. Or I'm doing well, but you know, busy. And you're saying that thinking, Oh, that means like, Oh yeah, he's doing the right thing. He's busy. That's like good. And obviously there's a sense of busyness that is good. We need to work hard for the Lord. We have work to do um, to bring the gospel to the nations. We shouldn't be slothful. But yeah. Well, and it's it's good to have careers. It's good to have families mm-hmm. like and to invest your time <coughs> in those things. And you're going to be like, we are going to be busy. Yeah. But what can happen is our busyness can become a distraction for us from Christ. Yeah. And it can cause us to almost almost excuse like the the essential aspects of the christian life that are found in the spiritual disciplines like it can it can cause us to neglect our bible reading to neglect time and prayer and to neglect fellowship in the church Mm -hmm. and when that happens like even even our own busyness can become an idol for us it can become something that again and this is at the heart of this something that we are valuing over and above Christ yeah. and our relationship with Christ. So a- as we say that, like having a career is good. Having family and kids, those are good things. Uh, those things make us very busy. But those things should not become something that detracts from our communion with God mm-hmm. through his word and through prayer, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Even those good things can become harmful to us is if we make them into ultimate things. When a good thing becomes a God thing, that's a bad thing. Yeah. And might I remind you guys, Jackson and I are speaking now as people who are not above you, but among you and struggling with the same exact things. Yep. <laughs> and so we're just, yeah, we want to see the church. We want to see the church triumph over the kingdom of darkness and to yep. trash that joint. Yep. And so we're doing that out of that heart posture is we want to see the gospel go to the nations. We want to see the church built up. We want to see Christians conquering sin um, so that we can see God's kingdom here on earth, in America, in Fargo, wherever you are. Um, the gospel is the power to salvation and our distraction and our busyness uh, can hinder that mission. And yep. so we want to, as brothers and sisters, um, in Christ to build one another up, to challenge one another, to rebuke one another in that, um, so that uh, we can be more effective for the kingdom. Yep. The thing that we should be the most busy about <coughs> is Christ. It really, it really should be. We should be busy about about <coughs> Christ and about spreading the gospel. Mm. Um, and you know that sometimes that can come through our careers. It can. Come, it, it should. Yeah. It very should. much be coming through our, our families. families. Yeah. Yep. That is one way that that they grow. Um, so here maybe it's just some practical practical advice. When it comes to spiritual disciplines, and I'm very much this way, uh, if I do not plan ahead, uh-huh. I will not do them. Yeah. If I don't plan ahead, I will not do them. So for example, you know, we love calendars today. Um, put 
work spiritual disciplines into your calendar. Plan them, whether it's in the morning, whether it's at night. Make some time in your day that is going to be devoted to Bible reading, prayer. Make some time in your week uh, for fellowship with God's people. So Sundays at church, uh, maybe if you have groups in your church that meet during the week, mm-hmm. those are excellent ways. Just build those into your schedule Yeah, it, the, to the best ability that you can. Yeah, uh, and, and if you can't do that, then you re- probably need to rearrange your schedule. Yeah. <laughs> you might need to take some things out of your life. Yeah, you need you need to. Yeah, yeah, you do need to do that. <laughs> and I think, yeah, for me just personally, um, when I was playing football, this was so, and this is something that I struggled with, with just the the schedule being different a lot of days and uh yeah, honestly made a lot of excuses um and would push off my spiritual disciplines um particularly just bible reading until the night and i'm dead tired and i read 10 verses and and i fall asleep um and so for me personally ever since being done with football and my kind of having more of a consistent schedule uh my time in the word and, and my longest time of prayer typically in the day is in the morning and i do think there is just like something special about the mornings um in which God has has blessed in a way to the first thing you get up and do in the day is commune with God in an intimate, um, solace way to then set up the trajectory for the rest of your day. Hmm. And okay, neither of us have kids. So <laughs> yeah, I know that like there's many things that make that hard. Um, many our phones, families, kids, um, but it, it, it's just that important. It, it really is that we need to carve out time to be daily in, in prayer with our spouses, with our families. We need to be carve out time for uh, studying the word. Um, and I think there's something unique about the mornings. I mean, I, I hope for the rest of my life I can carve out uh, that time in the morning. Yep. I'm going to be a father in like three weeks. So please, uh, if yep. you have any advice, uh, <laughs> send it <laughs> send it in to us. If you yeah. see me at church, please. I need, I need wisdom, but like, honestly for going on a tangent now, but like for me in the ideal world, I get up before my kids, me and my wife, um, and they wake up each morning and see Gracie and I sitting at the kitchen table in prayer and studying our Bible. Yeah. And just imagine, imagine how that affects them yeah. as well. And some of you are like, that is impossible. Yeah. <laughs> He's unrealistic. Well, you're going to and, and, find out. Yeah. I'll, I'll get back to you in like <laughs> three months and we'll see how, how it's going. Yeah. Um, but it's just that important. Yep, it should be. Um, I w- so I want to close that section just with a quote that I really love. And I think that this should, this should frame <coughs> how we think about our schedule and about busyness and, and these kind of things. Uh, it's a quote from Martin Luther, the German reformer. I love this quote. He said, I have so much to do today that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. And I think that... Man, that is so opposite of how we think, but I think that really gets at the heart of it. Uh, even when we're busy, like that should be a time that honestly, and, and, and I notice this in my life, when I feel overwhelmed and, and, and busy, that's a time where I, I need prayer the most. Yep. And actually, it's most fruitful for me. So that's a good one. Um, so the first, the first big distra- distraction is definitely busyness in our lives. The second one that we put, and this, well, this one follows close behind but our cell phones Mm -hmm. our cell phones can be one of the biggest 
distractions for us. Um, and a few ways, you know, we just have some, some statistics here. Uh, one study that recently came out, it said that the average American checks their phone every f- approximately every four minutes. Yeah. So every four minutes. Uh, that's something like 15 times per hour that we're checking our phones, which is just, it is just too much. Yeah. Um, I think you can actually like on your, in your settings, I think you can look at how many times you pick it up each day. Uh, don't quote me on that, but yeah, that's a good, I think that, you can look at pickups. That'd be a good one to check. Uh, so what are some ways that this happens? Um, and by the way, again, this is one of those things. Phones in themselves are not bad things. Yeah. Actually, I think that they're a wonderful gift that God has given us that can be used in wonderful ways. Yep. But they are also extremely dangerous. Yes. Uh, they, they can be extremely dangerous. But that's a message that no, like we as the church, we need to start preaching that message that they are dangerous and that Mm -hmm. they can be a huge tool for the kingdom of God. But we need to start evaluating. And this is like that book, 12 ways your phone is changing. You really just opened my eyes to that of evaluating. How are they actually affecting us? Affecting the way we live, the way we talk to people, um, affecting the way we think about the world Mm -hmm. and really taking time to look at how we use our phones. Yep. All right. So a couple ways, uh, one of the big ways, and this, especially for me, my phone can become an easy access place for distraction, uh, just for simple, sometimes sometimes not very productive, uh, just time wasting. And w- whether that be social media, uh, sometimes for me that looks like just scrolling through YouTube videos. Yeah. Uh, get you know, in, in our day TikTok uh, is very prominent, uh, but one one way that it it distracts us. And it, it keeps us from thinking deeply. It keeps us from, uh, well, it, I think one of the biggest ways it affects us is like we, we have so much access to things uh-huh. uh, so quickly that it makes it really hard for us to do things like sit down and read the Bible. Now, the Bible is a very big book for a lot of people. It has a lot of content. And in our day, we are so used to learning things or getting information by Twitter or by Facebook or by Instagram Mm -hmm. or by a quick Google search. And part of that is that it's very short. It's very easy. It doesn't require a lot of deep thinking um, where when when I read the Bible, you know, I'm just looking at the one in front of me. I'm reading a book that's 1100 pages. It's 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 deep. Uh, it, it takes thought, um, and it's long. It's it's just long, mm. and we are so accustomed to something that is so quick, something that is so easy, um, that it can make it. It really can make it challenging for us to sit down and spend time, actually opening our Bible, reading lengthy parts, and thinking deeply and meditating about it. Yeah. You know, if you even just think about the way that social media works, it's meant to be quick and it's meant to be like quick a rapid, a rapid yeah. succession of things. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you watch a 10 second video, you scroll to the next 10 second video. Yeah. So you're just constantly uh, distracted or just being fed short, simple, easy things that get your attention quickly. And as Christians, like the way that God has revealed himself to us uh-huh is through this Bible, mm-hmm. through this long book that 
that is not it, it doesn't come to us in the form of something simple or something that's the size of a tweet uh, it comes to us and, and we're called to study it in such a way that is thoughtful and and deep yeah. and, and that that occurs <coughs> over a lifetime if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah that's really good and just the the implication that Jackson is drawing out is the way in which social media is working uh, is essentially shortening our attention spans. Mm -hmm. And so then when we get into the word, when we try to pray, our brains are so used to going, jumping from one thought to the next, we can't even sit and be in solitude and silence with God. And I noticed that in my own life, Mm -hmm. sit to, if you have some free time today, find somewhere quiet to sit and pray and try to have a consistent thought of meditating on the God of the universe and spending time in communing with him and being even quiet with him and silent with him and, and letting the spirit work in your heart and watch how your mind is just like a scrambling all over the place. Like a, like that little meme of the monkey and the (laughs) symbols sometimes that can be our brains. Um, and so we just like, and that's what the first step is just recognizing, okay, how is it affecting us? Yep. And that's what we're trying to do here today. Yeah, we're we're almost we're being <coughs> trained to like quick and easy. Yeah. And the the reality is for us in spiritual disciplines, part of the reason they're hard is because they're slow and meticulous. Yep. We like quick and easy. We've been trained to think in ways that are quick and easy. Yeah. We need to we need to try to undo that and start to be a little bit more thoughtful, a little bit more meticulous. There's so much that could be said about social media. Uh, there's so much, but yeah. we don't have time for that today. But w- what I will say is look at how you use social media and you can look how you use your phone. Is it glorifying to God? Mm-hmm. Is it expanding the kingdom? Is it feeding your soul? And if the answer to those questions is no, like it might be time to delete the social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what like for me, I mean, I, I just in the last six months probably deleted, I deleted all, I don't have any social media. And it was like hard to delete, but I had to look at it. Okay. On Facebook, have I, have I been glorifying God? Have I shared the gospel like with my Facebook in the last three years? Yeah. No. Cause sometimes and some we, of you yeah. probably are. So keep your Facebook. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, we just, but we for need me, to, it was not. Yeah, we need to <laughs> ask our question. We need to ask ourselves this question. Like is our, is our phone and our social media, is it aiding or is it detracting from our relationship with Christ? Yeah, net positive or net negative. Like, yep. Yeah. What, what's going on? And again, like, we want to be very clear on this: social media is not necessarily a bad thing. Phones are not necessarily a bad thing. But we need to, as Christians, we need to be thinking about our phones in a way that is examining: is this is this beneficial to me? Yeah. Or is this something harmful? Yeah. Is it is it growing my relationship with Christ, or is it detracting from it? Now, you can use your phone as a wonderful gift from God and yeah, as amen. a way that, a that, that can aid yeah. your faith in Christ. We don't realize how actually fortunate we are among God's people throughout history to have the Bible on our phone. Yeah. What a tremendous gift that is. Or even, you know, we, we the, the part of the reason we do this podcast is because we believe that this, this form of digital media or social media can help to grow God's kingdom. Yeah. We really do believe that. But we just have to recognize that it also can be a great danger. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's one example. Now, and, and this is one I just really want to talk about. Uh, another way that our phones can, phones or social media can, can be harmful to us 
Um, one of the things that we're going to talk about in spiritual disciplines is the necessity to be part of the local church, uh, the necessity to be in fellowship with God's people and to have deep relationships with yep. with other Christians and just with people in general. Uh, we were we were made to be relational people. Yeah. We were made to have relationships and to have them in a deep level. Everything now, for the sake of relationships. First, with our relationship with the Lord yep. and with people. Yep, yep. We are made extremely relational. We are made in the image of a God who is triune. Uh, you know, it just mm. one being in three persons... He, he exists throughout all eternity relationally, yep. the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And we are made in the image of that God. We are made for relationships. And one thing that our phones do on a real serious level is they give us the illusion of connection with people, but not the substance of it. Mm. So social media gives us, you know, in, in some sense... We're more connected to the world around us and the people around us than we've ever been. Yeah, for sure. But so many times, social media can serve to give us the illusion of real connectedness uh, without actually delivering on the substance of it. Mm-hmm. So we, when, when I say relationships, I'm not talking about just, just knowing people. I'm talking about, or, or I'm talking about knowing people deeply. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and sometimes we are so afraid of that. We are so afraid of being really known by people. And we, what we can do is we can hide ourselves in our phones through social media uh, where we can almost give ourselves the illusion that we are knowing people, that we're connected with people, when in reality we're doing it in, in a, such a shallow way, yeah. in such a way that it doesn't give real <laughs> substance. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to give this quote from Tim, from Tim Keller who actually – great Christian pastor and author recently passed away, I think from pancreatic cancer in the last month or so. Yeah. But he had this wonderful quote uh, that I think really captures the heart of this and, and our longing for this as, as human beings. But he said, he said to be loved, but not known is comforting, but superficial. So for someone to love us, but they don't really know us on some level that can comfort us. But at the end of the day, it's superficial because they don't really know us. Mm. The next part, he says, to be known and not loved is our greatest fear. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. And I think that is what so often can keep us away from meaningful and deep relationships. It's because we desire to be loved, but we do not want to be really known. Yeah. Because there are things about us that we don't want other people to know. You know, the reality is that we... As the Bible says, we are way more sinful than we could ever hope or imagine. <laughs> and as much as we try to hide that, uh, as much as we try to cover that up, it is just true. Yeah. Um, so so to, for us to be known fully, we're, we're afraid that if people know us fully, they're not going to love us. That is our greatest fear, yeah. is that we won't be loved. That's our greatest fear. Now, he goes on to say this, but... To be fully known and truly loved is, well, it's a lot like being loved by God. Amen. It is what we need more than anything. It liberates us from pretense, humbles us out of our self-righteousness, and fortifies us for any difficulty life can throw at us. That is our greatest desire as human beings. Not just to be loved, but to be known and loved. And here is the comfort for us. God knows, uh, he knows us so much, so much, 
sometimes so much more than we would like him to. Um, but when we when we understand not just that God knows us, but that he sent Christ to die for us mm-hmm. out of his love for us, that is the ultimate place where we, we are fully known and yet completely loved. Wow. Even though we are, s- we are so much more sinful uh, than we could even imagine, and God knows all of that. And God is so much more holy than we could ever imagine. Yep. And yet... Mm. We can be fully known and fully loved by God. God showed us love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Yep. And to, and, and our hope in this is that we could replicate that in our human relationships. Mm. That we want to be people who really know people and are really known by people. And yet, even through the good, the bad, and the ugly, we, we love those people and are loved. Yep. So even just, you know, marriage is an example. Like... My my wife, bless her soul, she gets, <laughs> she gets to know me in a, in a deep and intimate way. Oh Lord, help her! Of, yeah, help her. <laughs> that that people don't. But what a comfort it is to me, and I've been blessed with a wonderful wife. Not only does she does she know me, but she is able to love me, d- despite the things that she knows about me. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And what a comfort that is to be known and to be loved. Oh, how much we desire that! Know how how much security that can really give us. Yeah. Now, again, just to tie this back into our point, sometimes our phones can give us the illusion that we are connecting with people yeah. and they're actually detracting from our ability to do so. Yeah. Next time, even just look as, you, as you're around people at restaurants. As Like nowadays, people who are in fellowship or, or in community – they desire to be isolated. So you're on your phone. But then as soon, as soon as you're isolated, you desire to be in fellowship. And so you notice, even if you just like go to a restaurant in the next w- month or so, just look around. The, it literally is insane. Everyone's just on their phone. They want to be isolated in their phone. But then as soon as they uh, they go home that night, they're longing for connection. Yeah. Yeah, it creates almost this just strange paradox yeah, where it's like when you're around people, you isolate yourself you on your alone. phone. Yeah. Yep. And then when you're by yourself, you don't want to be alone. Yeah. So you go to your phone to give you the illusion that you're around people still. Yeah. That you're connected. <sighs> but but at the end of the day, all that's happened is you're just on your phone the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Which is <laughs> a, a tragedy. And it, it keeps you from the deep and meaningful okay, relationships. Okay, so some practical things. Some practical things. Yep about phone use We're, this episode is getting long first read that book 12 ways your phone is changing you if you want to discover how your phone is affecting you and some practical tips on how to mm-hmm. um start changing the way you live um secondly first you need to look how you're using your phone so go in the settings see what apps you're using how much time you're spending on it and start tracking that and actually knowing um what you're doing on your phone uh, for me and my wife, something that we've done recently is we bought an alarm clock, just an OG off Amazon, $10, put it in our room um, to keep our phones out of our bedroom. So we keep our phones in the kitchen, um, use that alarm clock so that now that now our phones aren't the first thing that we grab in the morning, um, but we actually talk to each other and spend time in the word before we even uh, try to look at our phones. Um, what are some things that you that came to your mind practically? Um, yeah, things that came to my mind for, for me, a big one was getting rid of a lot of social media. That was just a big one because I, I just have this and I can convince myself sometimes that, uh, 
it, it, it's a good thing for me and not a harmful thing. But when I, when I, it's just such a habit for me to pull my phone up whenever I get a moment and just start scrolling through things. Yeah. Just got to be careful with that. Now, another, another thing is I, I think I've found some ways where my phone can really be of service, uh, to my Christian life. F- for one example, I have the Bible on my phone all the time. So it, it's with me. Um, another way that has been really helpful for me, f- helpful for me, I, I don't, I don't know if I've mentioned this on here before, but I'm studying Greek, which was the language the New Testament was written in. My phone is actually a tremendous resource for that. Mm-hmm. Like instead of scrolling on Facebook, I can uh, go and I can open up my Greek studying app on my phone and I can just look at, at Greek words. Yeah. And then when I read the <laughs> Greek New Testament, I can recognize them. Like it's actually a helpful way for me to, to study and learn and grow. Um, so yeah, those those are a, just a few a few really helpful ways for me. Also, my phone gives me access to so much good, helpful Christian content through podcasts, through YouTube, yeah, uh, Christian music that we I can really have on my live phone. In just a crazy day. We which do. We have access to. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. All, the, all these preachers and content. It, it's yep. it's really amazing and a huge gift. Yep. So a tool for the kingdom. Yeah, th- those are some just just practical ways that your another phone can thing be really too good for you. Uh, like I feel like in our culture we feel the necessity to respond to things immediately, mm-hmm. and there's times when things need a response, um, but it's okay not to respond right away. So even yeah. the do not disturb um, function on our iPhones is is it can be a, something really helpful to to hinder the distraction. Even when you're reading your Bible, um, yeah. when you're uh, in fellowship with people, something that uh, Ideally, me and my wife will do. We've done it a few times, but not uh, not every time. Like if we, if we go out to eat or something, just leaving our phones in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, because even if it's in my pocket, and mine's hooked up to the camera right now, but even if it's in my pocket and it buzzes, we just had a something just buzzed. Now yep. we're distracted. Yep. Just like that. That's my wife. Michaela. <laughs> <laughs> but yep. what I was saying is like, even if it's in our pocket and it buzzes and we're having a conversation, immediately all my attention goes to my phone, even though I don't even touch it. Uh, but it's still distracting and hindering our conversation. Yep. Um, so finding ways to minimize that and use our phones to glorify God and expand the kingdom. Yep. All right. My wife was texting me wondering when we're going to be done. So okay. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably wrap up pretty soon. We have gone on a little long. Last thing. <laughs> last thing. One of the things that makes it hard for us, spiritual disciplines, is, uh, and this is just part of fellowship and community, often we don't know how to do them. Yeah. And one of the reasons for that is... We don't know people who do them well. So ideally, uh, if you're in the church, hopefully there's some maybe more mature Christians. Um, and that's just one of the things for us. Like we learn how to do this actually from like seeing other people that do it well. Yeah. Uh, from from being in community and, and receiving advice and wisdom from people much older than us who have been doing this for longer than us and just have some practical wisdom for how to do it and how it's affected and changed them. Yeah, for like... Part of my story is when I first came to Christ, um, I got a part of a Bible study. It was actually right during COVID. So we were on Zoom um, doing this uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes Bible study. And for the first time in my life, I had seen people actually pray. Mm-hmm. At least I had eyes to see people pray. I'm sure peop- there was genuine prayers uh, throughout my life. Um, but they were praying for more than one minute. And I was like, What? And we're praying for 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes um, at a time sometimes. And that was really really where I first saw, this is how you're supposed to pray. 
And without that, I, w- I wouldn't have known. And being like the disciples, Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to study your word. And there's other Christians um, who are wiser and smarter and have done these things for years and years and years uh, that can teach us. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that, that's a hugely important part of our Christian life is the people we're around and the way that they're able to help us grow. So, yeah, I, again, I think we're going to wrap up this episode. Um, yeah. So the biggest problem at the end of the day is our hearts. Yep. Our sinful desires, our sinful flesh. That's the biggest problem. The good news, God gives new hearts. God, God is gracious, uh, and with new hearts, he gives new desires. So that is, like, we, we want to, in this, we want to be looking to Christ in all of this. We, we really do. We want to be living uh, for the sake of the gospel. We want to be, or, or with the gospel in view, we want to be finding rest in Christ. Yep. We really do. Not, not looking at these things as burdens, <coughs> um, but out of the love that we have for Christ, for the salvation he's purchased for us, we are doing these things. Now, the the other things we talked about, distractions, busyness. Sometimes we, we really do idolize busyness. Um, and instead of going, instead of that pushing us deeper into our spiritual disciplines, it actually takes us farther. Mm-hmm. But we can be, I, I think we, I love that quote of Luther. I'm so busy that I must pray. Yeah. We can change our mindset to that. We really yeah. can and should. Um, and the last one, our phones distract us, uh, but, but can be good. So... Hopefully this has been an encouragement for you to just think about the way you use your phone. Let's just cap it back off with Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30 because um, we are a weary generation um, and there is hope in Christ. So verse 28, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yep. Amen. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, yeah, um, we encourage you, you know, if, if you're someone that, that likes YouTube, uh, we're going to try to upload this video um, and see what happens. Uh, otherwise, you know, feel free to, you know, the podcasting, we're going to continue to do that as well. So, yeah, we thank you guys for listening. Um, we pray that God would bless you. We pray that this has been a helpful, uh, a helpful episode to help get you thinking about, you know, some of the challenges in your own life. It's been definitely very good for me and James, I think yep, for you as well, for sure. to talk about and, and think about. But yeah, we thank you guys for listening. We hope you tune tune in again sometime.